Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Today's message uh, is going to be uh, titled, I got three titles. Can I have three titles? Uh, how, about, how about four? I'm going to go four. Uh, what the world needs now. Do you like that one? You can have that one. Uh, who's the boss? Uh, any 80s fans? Remember that show? Okay, yeah. Um, uh, prayer and fasting. Who just likes pure Bible t- titles? Yeah. Give me a Bible teaching title, prayer and fasting, um, or don't miss out, don't miss out. I got four titles for you, uh, and one of them's gonna hit, I believe. Uh, um, I believe, I believe, I believe. <laughs> You're nervous. You're like, what's this gonna be about you? You'll see. Um, who's excited for 2022? Anybody excited for 2022? Who in here has New Year's resolution? You actually have a New Year's resolution? Raise your hand. Yeah, it's weird. Like they actually just say not as many people do them that, that you think. Now, the people that raise your hand, 80% of you are going to fail. Congratulations. <laughs> Forbes Magazine, 80%. And it's like most of you by the first month. But I'm believing our church will be a little different. Uh, this part, first part, let's get to work. I want to uh, go to the Bible. 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 4. I think it's just a special uh, verse for New Year's. So there's something about this time of the year that has us evaluate. And I just want to read this to you real quick. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Can I just tell you real quick, waiting for perfect timing, it's just not going to serve you well. Man, take a swing this year. Pray a little bit more this year. Love more this year. Serve more this year. Don't wait for perfect timing. Swing the bat. Does that sound good? And then here it goes. Patiently correct. The translation really is convince. Patiently correct, convince, convict. Rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching. Woo! So a great church is going to convince you that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. There's going to be convincing. You're going to walk out of church like, I'm convinced that prayer is important. I'm convinced there's something about being a church that, that convinces you about Jesus. So it says to convince, but also says rebuke. Who loves a good rebuke? Anybody? I don't, I don't but it's, it's so important for you. Rebuking leads to revival. The definition of revival is simply this. It revive, revival is bringing you back to your first love. That's all revival is, going back to your first love, Jesus. When you really get your life revived, it's going back to why you were created. So rebuke leads to revival. It's not a bad thing. It's okay to get rebuked. And then last but not least, uh, um, encourage. That's good to be at church and be encouraged. The world beats you down. We're here to build you up. I, um, I want you to know something, Mission Church, that I was talking to one of my mentors last night and uh, he just asked me how we're doing. I said, man, we're in a special season. Last four months were special. Our church is hungry. We're doing Monday team prayer. You're invited to that every Monday, 9.30, 10.30. We're praying. We're uh, praying for revival. We're going for it right at HQ across the street. Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month, we're, we're praying and worshiping. A ton of people are showing up. And they're not uh, showing up just to stand there. They're going to, they're going to war. We're worshiping. I mean, it's been a special season. So job well done. You a special church, Mr. George. Give, give a clap for that. Come on. You're like, I can't take my hands out of my pockets. I'm cold. Don't make me clap. Got to get them back. Um, uh, if I could just convince you, it is the beginning of the year, the three things that I, if you could just give a shot to not just doing once in a while, but pray, uh, pray, prayer, fasting, and the word, okay? Uh, let me just give you a couple of stats real quick. If you read the word this year, uh, Baylor University did a study that people who read the word, shout out to Baylor Bears. Um, did they win yesterday? Okay, congratulations. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> we got a bear in the house. Um, uh, uh, they did a study that uh, reading the Bible, this is, again, like a, a second university proving this, uh, that reduces anger, anxiety, and depression if you read your Bible. I'm going to give you some uh, other things, stats. Uh, you, after you read your Bible, 30% of people are less lonely from just reading the Word. Another one is 59% are less likely to look at pornography after they read the Word. 
Like there's just something about getting around Jesus. You, you get around light, you don't wanna go back to darkness. Another one is you're 200% more likely to be generous, to be kind. After you read your word, there's just something about when you get in the word, it literally just raises something in your life. Another one, you're 228% more likely to share your faith. Something about reading the Bible, like, oh, I gotta tell something about what, what I read right now. It's interesting, you read the news, you tell people about the news. Man, start reading the Bible and start telling people about Jesus. Does that sound good? Uh, and then this is a funny stat, of course, but your a percent of memorizing scripture goes up to 407%. Well, uh, duh. Um, all right, all right, let's pray. Um, uh, and here's why I, I want to share with you today real quick. It says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Uh, church, uh, what the world needs now is not their ears itched. What the world needs now is not just some positive teaching. What the world needs is Jesus. It needs the truth of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the power of Jesus. Man, that's what the world needs now. I think that's going to be the title. I like that one the best. Okay, bow your heads. Uh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing at Mission Church. And Lord, as we come before you uh, the first Sunday this year, Lord, we give you 2022. We surrender right now our life. We give it to you and say, Lord, have your way in 2022. What you have written is way better than what we have planned. What you have prepared, ooh, we, we, we say yes to you and no to ourself. Lord, I pray even as I preach that my words will fall to the floor and your words will soar. We love you. We love you. And everybody said. Come on, Matthew 17. Matthew 17 is where we're gonna be. But before we get there, I wanna ask you a question real quick. Have you ever been in a situation where you've said this, a little heads up would have been nice? A little tip of the cap, a little, hey, guess what? Don't go talk to that girl. She already got a boyfriend. I remember being single. A little heads up would have been nice, fellas. Um, when I was early in my 20s, I was um, uh, uh, spending the night at my buddy's house, Joy Parker, I think he might be streaming today. What's up, Dr. Joy Parker in Seattle. Um, now we were young, um, uh, kids, uh, he was visiting back from Pepperdine, so we're at his house, and we're just having a bowl of cereal in the morning, and it's a very simple story, but you gotta understand how upset I was. I was having a bowl of cereal, and within two bites, I feel, start to feel sick, and I start dry heaving. I'm like, what's wrong with this milk? And Joey goes, oh yeah, it went bad. I tried it, and I just put it back in the fridge. I'm like, what? A little heads up would have been nice, man. Like, literally, I, I, I wanna puke now. He's like, oh my bad, I shouldn't have put it back in the fridge. Yeah, duh, common sense, okay? Um, now, I am a New Year's resolution person. So um, I have some resolutions. One of my resolutions I'm gonna share with you is I'm gonna be way more thankful in 2022 than I was in 2021. Not only that, I'm gonna stop complaining. Why did this birth? Because in December, I was gonna preach a message on the 10 lepers that get healed by Jesus and one comes up and says, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Comes up and says, thank you. So then when I was preparing that message, I ended up not preaching it, but you're gonna get a little bit of it today. You're welcome. Um, is um, uh, I found out, because I love doing like little studies on, because God knows us better than anybody else who wired us, is he knows what um, makes us healthy and what makes us unhealthy. And thankfulness, I found out, studies, is that thankfulness literally uh, makes your body, like releases like endorphins, makes you healthy, and also makes you smarter, your brain smarter. Complaining, this is what I found out about complaining. I'm, hey, I ain't complaining at all in 2022. Complaining is deleted. Check this out, this is what happens when you complain, ready? Your hippocampus, okay, it's part of your brain, it starts to shrink. Well, why is it bad that a hippocampus shrinks? It's the part that makes you smart. So when you complain, it makes you dumber, literally dumber. The part that helps you process situations starts to shrink when you complain. Stanford does studies on this. Harvard, this ain't no like, you know, uh, you know uh, um, weird like uh, website blog, you know, uh, Tyler.com. No, this is Stanford, Harvard has done studies on literally your, your brain, what happens when you complain. Let me read some other things. Uh, uh, the famous, uh, one of the famous uh, doctors that did the study says, what fires together, wires together. And so whatever you are wiring your brain to do, it's going to start connecting. And my wife touched on that a little bit uh, last uh, week in our, our message. Another thing is um, complaining makes you cling. 
It, it clings you to something that you need to move on from. You never move on when you complain. And so it has you cling to the past. You, you don't know how to uh, digest well. Uh, they, they say this, a funny stat. Uh, the average person complains to eight to 16 people about the same thing. Throughout the day, you complain about the same thing. God, let me tell you about this morning at church. It was 25 degrees. You know, here, it was 25 degrees over and over again. Now, it's not going to change it. It's, it was what it was, okay? All right, here we go. Um, another thing about complaining, uh, complaining uh, opens up the floodgates to stress hormones. It bays your brain in bad uh, chemicals. So I did that study. And I was like, oh, I ain't never complaining again. Like complaining, goodbye, resolution. So I got put to the test before the New Year's. My wife and I went up to Seattle. And uh, while we were up in Seattle, uh, um, we flew up there. Um, and had a great Christmas. And the day of our flight, I check in, I check our bags in and um, uh, taking a shower, I come back to my phone and I get a little text from Alaska Airlines, your flight has been canceled. And I was like, well, that's not good. You know? <laughs> Call uh, Alaska Airlines. Uh, they, you know, your whole time may be up to 20 hours. Uh, please um, press one, we will call back your phone number. Uh, and they say my phone number and they say confirm, that's your phone number. Uh, so they're gonna call me back. They still haven't called me back, to be honest. <laughs> I'm still waiting to hear back from Alaska. I'm still on hold. So I tell Rachel, I said, hey, uh, it is like Flight Mageddon. We, uh, um, uh, we are not gonna be able to get home if we wait for a flight. Like I looked online, all the flights, I mean, you name it, United, Delta, Southwest, they're sold out for the week. Uh, there's one that goes Utah, might fly back, but that's dangerous on Friday. And I'm preaching now this Sunday, we gotta get back. I said, what do you think about a road trip back to uh, the Bay Area from, and now it's, it's, it is Snowmageddon also in Western Washington, snowing like crazy in Oregon. So we have a, uh, a Dodge Ram Rebel four-wheel drive truck. I said, you wanna drive? to Oregon today, and then we'll drive home after that. It's about a 15 to 20 hour drive. Rachel says, I'm down. So here's the deal. I wouldn't complain. So I said, I'm so thankful I found out early enough to leave in my car. And then we get there. I'm so thankful that we get to stay at a hotel. Not only did we get to stay at a hotel the first night, we stayed across from a, Mormon, a McCormick and Schmicks. So then we went out, took my girl to dinner. You know, she's like, I'll take the lobster and the, uh, and, and the ribeye. Hurt my pocketbook, girl. Um, <laughs> And I said, I'll have a glass of water. Thank you very much. Um, and then I was sitting there. I was like, I'm so thankful. Look at this. We wouldn't have had this dinner if we wouldn't have had this car ride. And, and then like we had no traffic. And, and then we drive the next day and we went through the, uh, um, the Mount Shasta and also Grants Pass. And again, like no traffic. And I just, the whole time I was just thanking the Lord. We were seeing beautiful things. And it was weird. At the end of that car ride, it was like the best I'd felt in a long time. I was like, man, I am 39 years old. And I never knew that complaining literally gave me bad toxins and released stress hormones in my body. A little heads up would have been nice. You think they would teach you these things in your high? Hey, don't complain. It will make you dumber. Be thankful. It makes you smarter. They never teach us this. A little heads up would have been nice. Can we agree with this? Okay, thank you. So, so what I'm going to do today is as your pastor is I'm going to give you one of the biggest heads up that you'll ever need. That you're going to go, how in the world did I not know this was this important? How in the world was I missing out on these things in my life? Because if I'm being honest, fasting is one of the lost things in the church. But prayer and fasting is a must. You will not, you ever, you ever heard the term breakthrough? Hey, you're gonna have a breakthrough this year. Hey, 2022, the year of breakthrough, whatever, okay? Um, here's the deal. You are not gonna have breakthrough if you don't fast. You are not gonna actually go to where you're supposed to go if you don't have fasting in your life. I'm gonna say it that boldly. I don't see in the Bible. I don't see in the Bible where the church and the people of God just were chill and just prayed a little bit and sat there and God moved forward. All throughout Acts, prayed and fasted, prayed and fasted, prayed and fasted. All throughout the Old Testament, prayed and fasted, prayed and fasted, prayed and fasted. Prayer and fasting is so important. I'm gonna prove it to you, Matthew 17. Are you ready? Here we go. 
And when they had come to the multitude, now this just happened in the transfiguration. Uh, 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 James, John, and Peter went up and saw Jesus in the transfiguration. Moses, Elijah, kind of a cool moment. I have no idea what that looked like, but it was epic. Hey, so they had a, literally a mountaintop experience. And so they're up there and they come back down from the mountain. And here's what happens. And when they had come to the multitudes, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic, epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls in the fire and often in the water. So basically he says like the, the, uh, he's possessed, we're going to find that out. And he's getting thrown into fire. He's getting thrown into water. Do you ever feel like you're getting thrown into the wrong things? You ever feel like, man, like, how did this happen to my life? Can I just tell you something real quick? Satan does not have a team Satan, okay? Like, he's not like, hey, if you're on my team, we party, we have fun. Welcome to team Satan. Woo! No, there's not team Satan. There is Satan who wants to destroy people and throw them in destruction and fire, okay? So, so we have an aggressive enemy. Can I tell you something real quick? A passive church is not going to defeat an aggressive enemy. No, an aggressive church. A church that prays and fasts and gets in the word that understands the power God gave him. So the dad's like, hold on a second. I, uh, my, my son, there's been an assignment on him since the beginning of his life to literally destroy him and kill him. Let's keep, uh, see what happens. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't cure him. Man, this guy just throws that church under the bus. Hey, I went to one of your churches, Jesus, and nothing happened. No, no power. Your disciples, Nothing. You know, my son's just as bad as before. Can I tell you something real quick? Mission Church, I pray it, I believe it, that this is going to be a church of power, that when you come here, you're going to be better because you came here in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen for that? Okay, I believe that. Um, so in other words, they were surrounded by evil. Everybody's confused, and they don't have the ability to handle their challenges. That's what's happening right there. Some of you in 2021, you're like, man, I just didn't have the ability to handle 2021. Uh, I, was, I felt like I was surrounded. I'm going to give you some tools today to overcome in 2022. You guys ready? Then Jesus answered, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Jesus addresses the problem. Another way to say it, unbelieving and, um, uh, and perverse generation. Unbelieving, simply saying this, um, faithless would be you're not connected to me. So he's, he's saying, here's a problem. You're not connected to me. That's why you couldn't, you couldn't overcome the enemy. You are disconnected. You're not connected to me. And then he says perverse, and you're too connected to the world. So right there he goes, here's the problem with the church that did not succeed to um, uh, defeat darkness. Too plugged into the world and not plugged into God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself real quick. Does anybody remember TVs with rabbit ears on them? Come on, I, yeah, I had my first TV in my bedroom when I was uh, at seventh grade. It was an old TV and I had rabbit ears and whatever channel I could get, I could watch. So, like, oh, I can't get it. And we we're trying to watch, you know, I, I was a sports kid, even you know, as a young kid, I didn't watch cartoons. And I, you'd have to move the ears left sometimes, sometimes right to get a signal so you could see the TV thing. What Jesus is saying is, hey, your ears, they're leaning towards the wrong thing. You got no signal towards heaven. That your, your, your ears and your body, everything's bent towards the world. And so you got a perfect signal with the world. You're listening to the world. You can see the world. You are tapped in the world. And the world cannot give you the power to overcome the world. But if you would just plug into heaven, if you would, if you bend your ears a little bit to heaven, if you could hear what I would say, if you would know my power, oh, you could defeat the things of God. Yeah. Now, for you youngins that are streaming right now, for you youngins in the house, rabbit ears, what's that? Here's a cell phone illustration, okay? I still cannot, I got it my first cell phone when I was in high school. And the cell cover was decent. I am convinced it has never gotten better. I'm convinced, like, oh, 4G, 5G, 20G, whatever, okay? I still can't talk on the phone on one hill of my road when I go to my house. I'm going through, I'm like, before, this is Lisa's joke, I love it. Before we go to Mars, let's just fix cell coverage. That's, that, that's what we're going to submit to you, okay? So, 
So um, when I was even trying to call budget to get the car rented to go to um, get back home this last trip, I was in my buddy's house and I was downstairs and they're like, hello. And I was like, yeah, hi. Like, I can't hear you, sir. I'm like, oh, hold on a second. I run upstairs. Can you hear me now? No. And my buddy lives up in the, in the hills in, in Bonnie Lake. And so I, I run to the corner of the house. He's like, oh, I can hear you now. I'm like, I'm in the corner. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, we got to go home, drive home. Can I uh, take the truck? They're like, yeah, you can take the truck. Just a thousand bucks. I'm like, cold-blooded budget, cold-blooded. I'll take it, you know? So I talk to them, get off the phone. And, and it, it, if I could put it this way is, uh, when you want to talk to God, not every place is uh, equal. Um, you're not, you're not going to connect and hear him clearly uh, when you're around a huge crowd in a Starbucks. Uh, maybe you put your, your both uh, silent headphones. But there's something about what Jesus is saying. He's like, hey, you hang around the world all the time. You need to find a place where there's a clear connection and you can hear from me and it's going to change your life. So what he's saying is, hey, your service, your self-service, your spiritual service, it is weak. I want it to get strong. That's the problem, okay? Are you tracking with me? Yes. It would be amazing if we actually had like, you know, like the cell bars, if we had like a spiritual cell bar, you know, like, man, that guy is firing all cylinders, you know? Uh, that person has not been praying and reading, you know? Well, well, we do have those cell bars. It's called how you drive on the freeway, okay? Oh, shots fired. You know, somebody cuts you off. Hey, come on in, you know? Somebody's been praying and reading. Somebody cuts you off. Honk, somebody hasn't been praying and reading. Okay, um, so it goes on to say, how long shall I be with you? Oh, he's not saying how long do I, like the real translation of this, how long do you actually believe what I say? How long do you take my prescription as a great doctor? How long do you actually do what I've instructed? That's what he's saying. He's not saying, oh, how, the, the, the way that it's unpacking, he's saying, it's almost like a doctor saying this, I've given you the prescription for you to overcome the sickness and you haven't even filled the prescription yet. I, I found this stat. Studies have consistently shown that 20 to 30% of medication prescriptions are never filled. Doctor says, hey, you're sick. Here's a prescription. Go fill it. And you're like, yeah. see you later. Why am I still sick? You didn't fill it. Oh, let me double down on this stat. You ready for this? Also, uh, that approximately 50% of medications for chronic diseases are not taken as prescribed. Doctor says, you take them night, morning. I'll do whenever I want it. I'll, I'll forget it, whatever. This is your health. This is your body to fully function and you don't listen to the doctor. And Jesus is saying, hey, as the doctor of all doctors, the healer of all healers, I've given you a prescription. Pray, fast, don't, don't plug into this world, plug into me. How long till you actually do it? How long till you actually try my way? How long till you actually start loving the way I called you love? How long do you, till you actually forgive the way I called you? When will you actually do it? That's what he's saying. May 2022 be the year you actually do it. 2022 may be the year you actually say yes to Jesus' prescription of loving and forgiving. How long till you actually make God a priority? We're doing first night. Make it a priority. How long till you make the house of God a priority? Like not just a side dish. It will change your life when the house of God becomes a priority. How long till you actually plug into the community of God? When you plug into the community of God, it changes your life. These are things that God instructs you to do. It will change your life. How long? You're doing it this year. Can I get an Amen. How long should I bear with me? Uh, okay, boom. How long should I bear with you? Bring, her, uh, bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. I love it, they came privately. Hey, uh, Jesus, quick question. Uh, 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 why couldn't we do it? Uh, we, we failed. Uh, not in the crowd. Like, uh, you know. So yeah, why, why couldn't we uh, cast him out? Uh, and this is what Jesus said. So Jesus said, then because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind, everybody say this kind. This kind, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There's something about this kind of Christian. There's something about this kind of season. 
Somehow this kind of pandemic, this kind of fear, this kind of attack, there's, there's this kind of thing happening in the Bay Area. Can we agree with that? It's not gonna be overcome by just a little prayer. And well, they, they prayed, but it didn't happen. That word prayer means a person who has a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Somebody who's been plugged into heaven that walks with a different kind of swagger. I'm gonna give you just a handful of points and then you're gonna go change the world today. Three questions, what happens when we pray? I think I should answer that for you today. What happens when we fast and the benefits of prayer and fasting? And I'm praying I convince you today a little bit. I'm praying you feel a little rebuked today a little bit because rebuke leads to revival. And I pray I encourage you a little bit today. Does that sound good? First one's this, what happens when we pray? It connects us to God. It's that simple. When you start praying, it connects you to God. Now, what's the benefit of being connected to God? It builds our faith. It builds our confidence. I'll never forget the first time I prayed out loud at church. You know, you're like I, was, I showed up to um, you know, one of the teams to serve, and they're like, hey, Tyler, you pray. I was on the um, First Impressions team. Uh, AKI was greeting at the front door, and we had bulletins back then. You pass a bulletin out to everybody. So, so I, I, brand new prayer. I remember having the bulletins in my hand. God, would you, and I just was trying to use every word I heard in church. I was a brand new believer. Would you anoint these bulletins to, to impact the, the, the people that touch the bulletins as I hand them to them? And the people are like, what is he saying? You know, I, was, I was going hard, okay? I was the first time I was trying. I, was, I wasn't very confident in it. And I was like, amen. And then, you know, I start serving the church and like, you know, I start praying some more. And I remember a year or two in, I, I, I wanted to pray. I was like, let me, let me pray for service today. You know, I, I, I was on the pre-service. I, I want to pray. There's something about the more and more you pray, the more confident you get in prayer because you start to know God's will and God's authority. Uh, I'll put it this way. It's like a first date. Uh, Rachel and I have been married almost 10 years now. What's up, baby boo? Come on now. Um, 10 years, she has been putting up with me. Uh, celebrate that. Um, and uh, our first date happened 11 years ago, 11 and a half years ago, maybe. Isn't that right? 11 years ago? Let's say 11, sure. Context is big for me, I forgive me. Okay, so anyways, 11 years ago, um, when you ask a girl on a date, it is, ladies, it is intimidating for a guy to ask you on a date. Just be kind, okay? Even if you say no, say it nicely, no, okay? Uh, but you can't say no. But, so I asked Rachel on a date, um, and uh, now when you ask a girl on a date, you wanna make sure it's good. So I take her to Cheesecake Factory. Who loves some Cheesecake Factory? Reason why, I don't know her that well yet. I don't know what she likes to eat, but I know Cheesecake Factory has a menu the size of a dictionary, and she's gonna find something she loves. And I'm gonna find something I love. So I'm like, you wanna go Cheesecake Factory? Of course, first date, I'm timid, I'm not confident, I'm not confident in what would be a great date to Rachel. I don't know her yet, you know? And so we go to Cheesecake Factory, she orders um, something, I order something, we have a great first date. But now, I know Rachel, I don't ask her if she wants to go to Cheesecake Factory, I know where she wants to go after church, Taco Bell, okay? Now, I'm so confident in this, that I wouldn't even have to ask her. I could just bring home Taco Bell. You know, you know, you know I, I know my girl so well now, I know what she wants from Taco Bell. Nachos Bell Grande, extra cheese, extra sour cream, a Dorito Locos Taco, and a bean and cheese burrito. That's what she wants, okay? I know my girl, I'm confident in it. I'm confident that's what, I don't have to ask. Every time that's what she gets. We go to, uh, we go to a steakhouse, I know exactly what she can get. The ribeye, the lobster, a loaded baked potato. She loves it, and then she's gonna start with a, a, a wedge salad. I know my girl now. I'm confident. Let me read you a verse in Acts 13, what happens when you start to pray and fast. You look throughout Acts 13, there is a confident church. There is a aggressive church. The gates of hell from chapter to chapter is just getting pushed back, pushed back, and pushed back. In the very beginning, they just went up and started praying. And then the power of God fell on them. And then it stopped praying. They just kept praying. I want to show you in Acts 13. You'll see this throughout Acts, the church that changed the world. Now, in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simon called... Um, uh, uh, Lucius, Siren, I don't even know how to say all this, Manon, uh, Herod, uh, Tetrarch, 
and Saul. Uh, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the uh, work to which I have called them. So while they were uh, uh, worshiping, praying and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work of which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Stop. When you start to fast, when you start to fast and pray this season, whoo, you're going to get a game plan for your life. You're going to get direction for your life. When you start to actually pray and fast, you're going to start having confidence actually how you're supposed to live your life. There, there's something to be said about some of you prays. There's a benefit. When you first start praying, you're like, I don't know. The more and more you pray, the more and more you fast, the more and more you read your Bible, ooh, you start to get what I call a holy swagger. You start to, ooh, I'm, I know what I'm supposed to do today. There's something about somebody who knows how they're supposed to live their life and how they're supposed to love people. When you start to pray and fast, this is what happens. Let's go to the next point. What happens when we fast? What happens when we fast? Fasting us disconnecting from the world. Fasting, fasting isn't us trying to move God. Fasting is us actually creating room so God can move in. Fast is us saying, okay, you know what? I, I, I have been so busy with the world. I've been so busy saying yes to whatever my flesh wants to do. I'm gonna fast and create some room so God can move into my life and actually resituate some things that need to be resituated. That he can actually redeem some things that need to be redeemed. Uh, let me re uh, read you this way. Uh, fasting is aggressive. When, you, when I was first a believer and people uh, were fasting, I was like, wow, you're, you're a real one. Like, hey, I'm pray, I pray and fast on Mondays. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> And I remember like, you're really going for it. You know, like you know, people are praying fasting. What are you praying fasting for? You know, like what, what's the big, you know, I just pray and fast. You know, I remember that was like, I remember that was the, like the aggressive Christian that would only pray and fast. And the reality is, is it is aggressive. There, there's something to be said about uh, the kingdom of God uh, is moved by force, men with force, women with force that lay, lay hand to it. How do you lay hand to the kingdom? You fast, you lean in. There's something to be said about an aggressive Christian that understands that if you want to move forward, you're going to have to fast. Another thing that happens is uh, this world has a way of distracting us. Fasting focuses you again. Another thing that happens is um, uh, the, the enemy wants to destroy you. We, we, we saw that in this story. So what happens? Fasting, fasting strengthens you. It weakens the right things, and then you plug in and pray, and it strengthens the right things. Come on now. And last but not least, uh, fasting uh, uh, helps you get your control back. I don't know about you, but I listen to my flesh way too much. Philippians 3, 18 through 20 says this, uh, for I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, uh, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. It says their God is their appetite. Can I just tell you what blew it for mankind? Adam and Eve are in the garden. What do they get sold? Food. What, it, what happens? It's pleasing to their eye. It feels like the right decision, so they say yes. When they said yes because their flesh said to say yes, what happens? They lost their authority. What does fasting do? It gets your authority back from your flesh. It says this, I'm not gonna eat just whatever I feel like eating. No, I'm gonna actually eat the thing that I know my body needs most, and it's heaven. There's something about fasting taking your authority back. So what does it look like, actually? Let me, let me sh uh, show you this. We are triune beings. Some of you may know that. If you don't, you are made up of three parts. Go ahead and put the first slide up. I want to show you this. You are made up of, yeah, okay. A uh, body, soul, and spirit. So your body connects us to ourselves. Basically, your body connects yourself. You, you, uh, this body right here, it has cravings. It, 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 um, uh, it, it feels pain, like it connects me to myself. So my body lets me know I feel pain. This body feels lust and anger. All these, this is what this, the body feels. So it connects us to us, okay? So it's a part of my body. Soul, soul connects us to others. It's our emotions. The, I'm, uh, the, the, the reality is, is that you affect my emotions. You ever, you know, start dating somebody and you're really, really happy? 
Like, like that's your soul. Oh, I'm happy. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dating somebody. And then they break up with you and you feel really, really sad. Yeah, that sucks because you got disconnected. The soul, it connects us to others. Uh, we, we affect each other's emotions. And last but not least, the spirit connects us to God. Now go to the next slide. So the, the body is cravings. The soul is emotional feelings. And the spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to lead and produce things in your life. So the reality is, is one of these three is the boss of you right now. So here comes my title. Who's the boss? So if the body's your boss, Whatever your craving is, is just what you say yes to because it's in charge. Can I tell you, your body does not care about your soul and your spirit. It doesn't care. It just cares about body. What I mean by that, the body would say, I'm craving some food. You eat a ton of food. And then afterwards, you emotionally feel sad. Your body goes to the club and you just, you're craving. And so you sleep with somebody and the next day you feel terrible. The body don't care about your feelings. It just craves something and it wants to say yes to something and then you emotionally you don't feel good about it. Do you say, have you seen this in your life? When your body's the boss, it leads to destruction. Paul is so, oh, I, I was gonna teach on Romans 8, but it would've been uh, too long of a message to do Matthew 17 and Romans 8. Romans 8 is Paul unpacking body, soul, and spirit. Talking about when body and soul are in charge, it leads to death and destruction. But when the spirit leads, it leads to life. Read Romans 8. Paul unpacks it all the way through and shows when the spirit leads you, whoo, your life is different. Now, if your soul's in charge, your emotions, your emotions don't care about your body. You're, if, you're, if people are depressed, they won't even eat. Your, your soul will starve your body to death. Or if you're really, really sad, you'll eat yourself to death. This is the, these two are not um, buddies that are working together. And the reality is a lot of people, either your emotions or your body is the boss. But then the Holy Spirit's introduced. And it's the one that actually wants to be in charge that will lead you to abundant life. Let me even read you a verse real quick. It says this, uh, Galatians 5.13. It says, uh, 5.16, excuse me. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It's saying, if you walk by the Spirit, the flesh will not be in charge. And Romans 8 shows that, that those who are led by their flesh uh, are, are led to death, but those who are led by the Spirit, oh, they're sons and daughters of God. What does it mean to be said son and daughter of God? They inherit eternal life. They inherit the promises of heaven. Is that a good thing? Amen? So why is fasting and uh, praying so amazing? Put the slides back up real quick. I'm a slide guy today. I'm doing slides. Body and soul, as you fast, those two get weak. And that's a good thing. Your, your flesh needs to get weak this next 21 days. 21 days, the body. The reason why a food's involved is because it says that God will be the appetite. We, like, oh, I'm hungry. Like there's actually a, a hormone that releases that yells at you, feed me. And then you, you eat and it, it shuts up, okay? Sometimes you need to tell, hey, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. There's something to be said about telling your body that your body's not in charge. So that's why food is so involved in fasting throughout the Bible. So, so the other part, though, is social media. I think social media affects our soul, affects our, our emotional feelings. So I think you need to look at your life the next 21 days and say, man, what do I want to give up so those things can be weakened and not lead my life? And then I'm going to start praying and uh, worshiping and reading the word and strengthening uh, uh, the thing in my life and have the Holy Spirit lead me. Now, let me, let me uh, put it this way. Uh, for myself, I'm... I'm excited not to eat, but not eating without praying is called starving, okay? I'm gonna try and have you just starve yourself, okay? But not eating and then actually having an intentionality of what you're gonna do during that time is really true prayer and fasting. One theologian said this, that fasting uh, uh, creates humility in us and prepares us for ministry to others. There's something that happens in those moments. So I, what I'm gonna do is I'm creating a game plan that my mornings are gonna be different and my nights are gonna be different. I'm gonna fast uh, food. I'm gonna be doing what I call a Daniel fast. I'm gonna go basically all vegetables. 
Uh, and then um, uh, throughout the 21 days, as I do all vegetables, I'm also going to do some uh, morning fast. I'm not going to eat in the morning. And, and instead of eating in the morning, I'm going to pray a little bit more, read a little bit more. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my flesh, you're not in charge. I'm going to war against the thing that is trying to destroy me. And I'm going to strengthen the thing that's trying to save my life and give me abundant life. Does it make sense? All right. Just doing some teaching today. I hope this is helping you. Um, let, me, uh, let me finish with this. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. We'll, we'll be done. Uh, I think that as you leave today and you process prayer and fasting, I feel like I, I need to give you some tools in your tool belt to finish with uh, that will help you. And it's first thing is you got to make your own game plan. Like literally like, like make an aim for the next 21 days. Like, okay, here's my game plan. I'm going to prioritize God. So, so th these are my three, and you can have my three. One is I'm going to make a priority. Like, like, like this is going to be a big priority for morning and night especially. I'm going to make sure that my morning, the first of my morning, God gets it, and the last of my day, God gets it. So that's part of it. So I'm going to make a priority. I'm going to have a place where I'm going to pray. I'm going to pick a place in my house. Hey, this chair right here, this is going to be my place. Jesus would go to a place a lot and pray and fast. So it's going to be where I'm going to go pray. And then last but not least, I'm going to have a literally a certain time. All right, I'm going to wake up at this time and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to do it for this long. It could be 15 minutes, it could be 10 minutes. But priority, place, and time. Those three things. If you could add those three things, watch what happens. Have a game plan. Another thing I want to encourage you to do in the next 21 days, don't do it alone. Like, find another person that you know in church, like, hey, we, we journey with me. I'd love to share my breakthroughs with you as I go through this season. I'd love to share my hard days with you also. I just would love to celebrate this season with you and journey with you and uh, ask you what God's speaking to you during this season as you're praying fast. Don't do this alone, like journey with somebody. Um, and then last but not least, have expectation. Like actually believe what the word says that like when you do this, this kind of prayer and fasting actually brings breakthrough against the gates of hell. I wanna read you Isaiah 58. It's all about uh, fasting, Isaiah 58 is. And here's what he says, what happens when you fast. There's three thens, what happened when you fast. Then your light will break forth like a dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Healing happens. I believe people are gonna get healed in this 21 days of prayer fasting. I believe minds are gonna be healed, emotions will be healed, relationships, marriages, things will be healed because people decide to unplug from the world and plug into heaven. Do you believe that with me, church? Can I get an amen? Second thing I believe is another then. Here we go, ready? Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will um, uh, be at the rear of your guard. There's that holy swagger. Righteousness is just right standing. You're gonna have a holy swagger about you. There's something about when you're living right for God, it just gives you a different kind of confidence. Not, not, not an arrogance, not a pride. It actually is a humility thing. It's like, man, I, I had no idea how much I needed God. And it's, it, oh man, it's created a bigger dependence and that's a good thing. So, so, the, so you have healing happening, you have holiness happening. And last but not least, the big one, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Man, you, you get more help from heaven. Heaven's always waiting to help, but you're leaning towards the world too much instead of actually leaning towards the thing that wants to help you. Man, have expectation this season, church. We're gonna pray for 21 days. We're gonna worship this Wednesday. Man, believe that God's gonna come in your life. He's gonna heal some things. Believe God's gonna have some breakthrough in, in, in some righteous areas. And then last but not least, woo, he's gonna come help you in places you never thought he could help you. Does that sound good? Yeah. Will you bow your heads? That was your first time or second time in church, but if you wanna say yes to Jesus, yes to heaven, no to hell. Yes to salvation. The Bible shows very clearly that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that you'll be saved. There's something about responding to what God does in people's hearts. So if you're brand new to this whole thing, you want to say yes to Jesus on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and raise it high. One, 
two, three. Raise it up. I just want to see you respond to the things of God. It's a great decision. Come on now. Come on. I see you on my, on my right. God bless you. God's doing something. I see you in the middle. God bless you. Come on. You can look up, hands down. Mr. Church, I, I wanted to preach a simple message, but if I could just tell you real quick, what you need now is not more media news, not more busyness. Man, you need more of God. And what a cool opportunity to do it with your church. 21 days, prayer and fasting. And let's see what happens out of the next 21 days. We're in this third service for so many reasons. One is, is uh, both services this last season, standing room only. But the other reason why we're in this third service is I just got, I got a faith that God wants to have heaven come to earth and we need to create room for people to get restored, for families to get restored. Man, there's gonna be a hunger in this house. Can we believe for that together? So God, we give you this week. God, we pray that as we pray and fast, that Lord, all the things that your word shows us, God, that there's gonna be something that happens in our life, Lord, that, that we're gonna see a new game plan. God, that we're gonna see breakthrough. We're gonna see healing. God, we declare those things. We're gonna have expectation for those things. God, use us this week. We love you. We love you. Everybody said? Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.